for joining us as we hear an anointed word from Treasure Coast Victory Center. Some things I want to share with you this morning that will be very, very beneficial to you in your daily life. And that's what we want you. We want you living in victory and getting closer and closer to God and the things of God on a daily basis. Zachariah, did you find it? All right, well, you know we're going chapter 4. Let's just read verses 5 and 6. Then the angel that talked with me answered and said unto me, Knowest thou not what these be? And I said, No, my Lord. Then he answered and spake unto me, saying, This is the word of the Lord unto Zerubbabel, saying, Not by might, nor by power, but by my spirit says the Lord of hosts. Say, by my spirit. Say it again, by my spirit. Now, we've been talking about the anointing of God that's on your life this morning. Say, I have an anointing in me and on me. Isn't that exciting this morning? Praise God. Hallelujah. Yes, you have an anointing, but notice what's said here. If God's going to do anything in your life since the day you got born again, he's going to do it by who? By his spirit, isn't he? So everything that gets done in your life is going to be by the Spirit of God. Say, everything Everything. from God God. in my life life. comes comes by His Spirit. Spirit. Without His Spirit, I will get nothing from God God. in my life. Are you following me? Okay, so here it says, by your Spirit. So if you're going to live in this this earth realm and you're going to be wealthy, you're going to be wealthy because of what? His Spirit. If you're going to be healthy, it's going to be because of His Spirit. If you're going to be happy, it's going to be because of his. Notice, notice what it is. The kingdom, kingdom walk is righteousness, peace, and joy where? Where? Say in the Holy Ghost. Say in the Holy Ghost. So notice, in the Holy Ghost, there's a right standing with God. There's a peace that passes understanding, and there's a joy in your life, but only when you're in the Holy Ghost. Say in the Holy Ghost. Are you following? There's a lot of Christians who've been Christians for years who aren't doing anything. They're failing in every area of their life. They wonder what the heck's the matter with God. He made all these promises to them and nothing's going on in their life here. Their finances are broke. Their marriage isn't working. This ain't working. What's the problem? What's the matter with God? Don't even love me anymore. What's happening? The problem is they're not living in the spirit. They're living out of the spirit. They're not living in righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Ghost. Everything you get obtained from God comes through the spirit of God. Now, this makes the anointing important in your life. It doesn't make it a topic where, oh, we're talking about the anointing. It's talking about something that's essential for you to have in your life and be operating in. If you want to connect with your homeland of heaven and be receiving everything from God that you need, it's going to come not by might, not by your brilliant ideas, not by your trying this and trying that, but it's going to come how? By his spirit. Say by his spirit. Notice, everything, everything in my ministry, everything in my life has come to me through the Spirit of God. Whenever I try to do it without the Spirit of God, it may have worked for a little bit, then it fell apart. Or it may have just fell apart right away. Sometimes things just fall apart before you have a chance to do any good in the things. Why is that? Because it's got to be by the Spirit of God. Say the Spirit of God. Spirit of God. All right, go to Isaiah, Isaiah chapter 10. This makes the anointing in our lives so important because without that anointing effective and active in our lives, we're going to find ourselves living beneath what the Bible tells us that we can do. We talked about this morning that let the redeemed of the Lord say so. How many know that every person who born again has been redeemed? 
Jesus died on the cross. Even people that haven't been born again have been redeemed by the blood of our Lord Jesus Christ. They've just not accepted it. Well, how do I walk in that redemption? I'm going to do it by the Spirit of God and the anointing of God that's in my life. This makes the anointing in me and upon me very, very important. Isaiah chapter 10, look at verse 27. And it shall come to pass in that day, say in that day, Notice that his burden shall be taken away from off thy shoulder. Now notice, he's not talking about God's burden because God's not in the burden business. His burden shall be taken away from thy shoulder and his yoke off thy neck and the yoke shall be destroyed how? Because of the anointing of of God. Say, because of the anointing. So notice, burdens and yokes from the curse to sickness to disease to poverty to all those things that are under the curse, all those will be destroyed in your life because of what? Because of the anointing of God that's in your life. So as long as I'm living in the anointing, walking in the anointing, cooperating with the anointing, there will not be bondages in my life to be needed to broken off because I'm walking in the spirit and I have the anointing of God. Now notice this, in that day, say in that day. Now whether you know it or not, you're privileged today. Because you're not in Isaiah's day saying, I can't wait for that day to come. Prophesy, Isaiah, prophesy. Everybody, that day's coming. That day's going to get here. You're living in the day that it already came. See, we're not waiting on it. It's already here. Jesus brought the kingdom of God. He brought the anointing of God. He's placed it on the inside of you. The spirit of God lives on the inside of you. So you have an anointing on your life today. You don't have to pray for it. You don't have to beg for it. It's already on the inside of you. The spirit of God lives on the inside of you at this very minute. And now basically that will break every burden off of your life when you cooperate with the spirit of God who's on the inside of you. How many want to be completely burden free? That's a good place to live, isn't it? Some people think they got to have a burden. You don't have to have anything as long as you're walking in the anointing of God. And here he tells you plainly that 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 will do it for you, praise God. The anointing. Say the anointing. Say the anointing. Breaks the yoke. Say where the anointing is. There'll be no yoke. Why is that? Because the anointing's there, isn't it? Praise God. All right. Go to 1 Samuel 16. Praise and worship is really anointed. Listen, there's people in the back still singing. It's wonderful. Praise God. It's, it's wonderful to me. Glory to God. That's great. Sing it away. Praise God. All right, we looked at this before. 1 Samuel 16, look at verse 1. And the Lord said unto Samuel, How long wilt thou mourn for Saul? Remember, Saul had backslid. He went with the people and everything else, and he basically lost the anointing in the Old Testament. Say in the Old Testament. Seeing I have rejected him from reigning over Israel, fill thy horn with oil. Say fill Fill. thy horn horn. with oil. oil. Now if back then God wanted his horn filled with oil, and now we're living in New Testament days where you've already got the anointing of God, how many know he wants you to have a horn that is full of oil? Now the only bad thing with that is if God wants you to have a horn full of oil, it means that sometimes your oil may not be filled in your horn. Are you following me? I mean, in your car, if you're driving down the road and the, the oil light comes on, you know that you're low on oil. In your daily life, if you start griping, complaining, moaning, talking about everybody getting upset, your oil light's on. Yeah. See, it's an indicator. My oil light's on. Why am I complaining? Why am I critical? Why am I, because your horn has leaketh some oil in your life. And all at once, you're not in the spirit anymore. you in the natural realm. You complaining, you look at everything in the natural, you're griping, you're moaning, you're whining, you're doing things. Now, when you're in this position, notice, God will do nothing unless he does it by his 
So God has no access to you when you're not living in the spirit. Are you following me? So what does he do? He says he wants your horn full of oil. Say, I need my horn to be full of oil. And how's it going to be full? You're going to have to stay connected to the kingdom of heaven and to the Father himself. I'll tell you one way to fill your horn with oil is pray in the Holy Ghost. It's like you put, put it on the battery and now it's recharging. You pull it off and you're all recharged woo, and you're ready to go and your horn's full of oil, praise God, and your oil light's off now, glory to God, and you're happy about everything and you're blessing people you were criticizing 10 minutes ago and you're loving people that you could have strangled 15 minutes ago and all at once everything, well, God, what happened? What happened? You filled your horn. You finally filled your horn back up with oil. But notice, you can in this day and age we're living in, you can stay living full of the oil of God in your life 24 hours a day, seven days a week if you just stay in the anointing and stay in the spirit of God. I mean, I love that song because it says that something about I will not agree with the lies that they told me. You want to lose some oil? Start agreeing with negative reports that aren't true according to this word of God on your life and you'll start losing oil like it's just running out of the inside of you. So notice, you, you've got a horn, you've got the anointing, but God wants that horn full of oil. He don't want your oil light on. He doesn't want you grumpy. He wants you living and he wants you living. Say, Lord, Fill my horn, Fill my horn. With, oil. with oil. All right, go to Luke chapter 3. What is that? I don't know. I don't know. Don't really matter. Doesn't really. Really make any difference, do it. That's right. Give it to him. Praise God. Tell him. Glory to God. Prophesy. Straighten him out. Give it to him. Glory to God. Hallelujah. All right. Luke chapter 3. Look at verse 21. Now, when all the people were baptized, it came to pass that Jesus also being baptized and praying, the heaven was opened and the Holy Ghost descended in a bodily shape like a dove upon him. And a voice came from heaven which said, Thou art my beloved Son, in thee I am well pleased. And Jesus himself began to be about 30 years of age being as supposed the son of Joseph, which was the son of Eli. Now notice here, here's where Jesus basically, the anointing of God came upon him at this time. How many know he had the spirit of God in him for the first 29 years of his life? But at the age of 30, the spirit came upon him. So not only did he have the anointing in him to lead and guide him, but he now had the power of God that came upon him. When you got baptized in the Holy Ghost, the Holy Ghost came upon you and now you have supernatural ability in your life to break yokes and burdens out of people's lives. Notice, was he Jesus? Jesus when he was 25? Was he Jesus when he was 20? But notice, he didn't open one blind eye. He didn't deliver one deaf person. He didn't heal one sick person. Why was that? Because he had the anointing to live by on the inside, but he did not have the empowerment to set them free. But here he got set free. And what did it say? This is my beloved son in whom I will Now that tells you a couple things. Number one, if, if he was pleasing to God, it means he walks by faith. Because without faith, it's impossible to... And number two, basically, he was the son of God. And what does the son of God do? He goes around destroying the works of the devil. How does he do that? How does he do that? How does he break it? By the anointing. Before he had the anointing, he couldn't do it. Now, once the anointing of God came on him, why wasn't he preaching before he was 30? Because he didn't have the anointing to back up what he preached. 
He could have preached salvation. He could have preached healing. He could have preached deliverance, but there was no anointing on his life to back up what he preached. That's why when something's being preached to you and you have an anointing, if you mix faith with what they're preaching on the inside of you, you can get deliverance right in your seat from whatever's ailing you because the word and the anointing go together. So no, all at once Jesus started healing the sick, casting out devils, opening up blind eyes, doing all these things, praise God, that God wanted done. Now, how many of you have the anointing of God? How many of you have the Spirit of God on the inside of you? How many of you have been baptized in the Holy Ghost? Then, my beloved sons and daughters, I am well pleased. But he'll be more well pleased when you start doing with that anointing what he's told you to do in that anointing. And the only way the anointing is going to work for you is to keep your horn filled with God in your life. Because when you're living in the natural realm, it cuts off the anointing of God that's in your life. Go to chapter 4, look at verse 1. And Jesus, being full of the Holy Ghost, returned from Jordan and was led by the Spirit into the wilderness, being forty days tempted of the devil. And in those days he did eat nothing. And when they were ended, he afterward hungered. How I many you know you'd hunger too if you fasted for one day? He's talking about forty days. Say forty days. Now notice, first of all, Jesus baptized in the Holy Ghost. He was full of the Holy Ghost. Say, full of the Holy Ghost. Say, I can live. Full of the Holy Ghost. And notice, he was led by the Spirit. Now we know, once again, it's proof that he was the Son of God. Why is that? Because as many as are led by the Spirit of God, they are the? So as a Son of God, not only do you have supernatural power and ability now to set people free by the anointing of God, but also you will be led by the Spirit. Say, I expect to be led by the Spirit. Not the billboard. Not the natural realm by the Spirit of God on the inside of me. Now notice, this should say, in my opinion, and Jesus, full of the Holy Ghost, returned from Jordan and was led by the Spirit into prosperity, peace, joy, wonderfulness, a great time, just a wonderful lifestyle, and we're so glad we're led by the Spirit. But here he was led into the... And he was tempted how many days? Now wait just a minute. Wait just a second here. I mean, the Holy Ghost may lead me into situations that don't look like they'd be good situations to get into? Doesn't he know what he's doing? Come on. And people say, well, I know I was led by the Spirit because everything went good at first. That's no indication. Some people say, I know I was led by this. What is led by the Spirit? Because I ran into opposition. Well, let me tell you, you can be led by the Spirit and run into opposition. You can be led by the Spirit and everything go good. But you're going good or going bad or being opposed is not the answer to you following something. What's in here allows you to follow through the Spirit of God on the inside of you. Are you following me? Yes. Well, I, I know God told me to make this investment. I make it. Oh, it's doubled and it's tripled. And I know it's God because it doubled and tripled. No, you better know it's God because he's in here. Because right. two days later, you're going to fall apart. You're going to lose everything that you had and then blame it on God. But you can't do that. See, we've got to be led by the Spirit of God on the inside of you. And the Spirit of God wants to lead you one place forward. He wants to lead you into all truth, so you become more and more free. He can't keep you from all opposition. He can't keep you from all those things. So here's Jesus. He led in the wilderness. You look at other things. He was tempted of the devil 40 days. There were wild beasts out there. How many know those are natural things that tried to come against him? He's got animals chasing him around and everything else. Look at verse 3. And the devil said to him, say the devil, devil. said to him, if thou be the son of God, does that sound like the devil or not? I mean, come on. 
He's not going to come say, you're the son of God. I praise God. No, he goes, if you are the son of God, command these stones that they may be made bread. And then we'll all know that you are the son of God by what you do. And we're very proud of you for doing that. And now you proved you are the son of God. And Jesus simply said, it is written that man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. Notice when you get the anointing on the inside of you, then you get baptized in the Holy Spirit. One of the first things that happens to you is the devil shows up. You start getting on fire for God. You come to this church. You get hands laid on you. You get all excited about the things of God and you're brand new and everything. I guarantee you the devil will show up. What's he showing up for? Because he doesn't want you continuing in what you're doing. And here's the problem with new Christians because most of them want a feeling from God rather than the word of God. And if Jesus had to use the word of God to fight off the devil and he was Jesus, then you have to have some word of God in you if you're going to fight off the devil. Because you need that word of God in your life to fight him off. He's just not going to shoo when you say shoo. Praise God. If Jesus needed to do that, then you need to do that. So what am I going to do when the devil comes to lies me? I'm going to say it's written. It is written. It is written. It is written. It is written. But notice the enemy is going to come and attack your life. Why? Because you're making a decision to go in the right direction. You have now become dangerous to him because the spirit of God basically is on him at this time. All right. Let's go up to verse... All right, so the devil tempts him, tempts him, tempts him. Look at verse 14. And Jesus returned in the power of the Spirit into Galilee, and there went out a fame of him through all the region round about, and he taught in their synagogues, being glorified of how many? Now notice, Jesus returned. Say, he returned. Say, Jesus returned. He really returned in the power of the Spirit. Now notice, this is very, very important in your life. Jesus, the Spirit of God comes on him. He's led by the Spirit into the wilderness. He's fighting wild beasts. He's hungry. He fasted 40 days. He got the devil coming at him for 40 days straight, just coming after him, coming after him, coming after him. And after that 40 days, he returned in the power. He didn't return beat down. He didn't return depressed. He didn't return wore out. He didn't return like he wasn't going to make it. He returned in the power of the spirit how many know this had to frustrate the enemy because he did everything he could to get him out of the spirit and into the natural realm see wild beast scared him i'm against him the devil's coming against him what's he trying to do he's trying to make sure that he does not stay in the power of god now i've seen people that i grew up with who were on fire for god i gravitated toward them because i gravitate towards people who are fire on fire for god i mean don't gravitate towards people who are dead you don't need to hang around deadheads. It's not going to help you a whole lot, praise God. Don't hang around people who are on fire, who are really seeking God, who are going after God, not who are playing church because they're not going to help you either. So I followed these people. I watched them. I did everything. And all at once, I didn't see them in church anymore. All at once, I'd call them, and I didn't hear the word coming out of their mouth anymore. I heard all their issues, all their problems, everything that's gone right, everything that's gone wrong, everything that's messed up, everything that don't work and all this stuff. What happened? They got zapped. They got zapped. The natural zapped them of their anointing and all at once they're not even concerned about the things of God anymore. Whenever you get to be into a place where you're no longer attentive to God things and you're attentive to every other things, you've been zapped. You've been zapped in your life. There's a sick person. I don't care. Tough luck. There's a person going to hell. Praise God they should the way they're acting. Glory to God. That's just where they should be. You've been zapped. Understand, if you're not pursuing the things of God and going to things of God and your horn's not full of oil, you have been zapped, praise God. Something came in there and zapped you 
of the anointing that you had. I mean, there's times in my life when I first got saved, I, was, I read the Bible and I was plugged in and I was sure when I prayed that prayer was going to be answered. I was a man of faith and power, praise God. And it was going to come to pass. And two days later, just two days later, I get zapped. And I didn't even know if God heard me. I didn't know if he heard me, much less he was going to answer my prayer. Why would he answer my prayer? And two days later, he's going to answer my prayer. What happened? I get zapped. So I started determined to get the zappers, whatever they may be, out of my life. And we've all got zappers. You've got zappers. I got zappers. My zappers may not be your zappers, but you've got zappers. And you can tell. Righteousness, peace, and when you're not zapped, you look like you're not zapped. When you zapped, you look like you zapped. You don't have to get a word of God. You just look at their face. Now, you can pretend like you got a word. And the Lord saith unto me, you have been sucking on lemons now for three straight days. And it's starting to manifest in your life. It's coming out. No, you've been zapped. Say you've been zapped. So notice, things are going to come in your life to zap you, and when it gets you out of that anointing again, and you stay there for a long time, all at once, the blessings of God that were coming upon your life, all at once, stop. And everybody, once again, wants to blame God. That darn God, I don't know what's the matter with him. He was blessing me. Now he's not blessing me anymore. I'm getting a little tired of that kind of stuff. No, you've been zapped. Because when you're in that flow, and you're in that spirit, everything works out very well in your life. But you get away from it. I don't care if you would pray your 10-minute prayer. Lord, bless me, bless me, bless me. There's no blessing outside the anointing of God because everything God does in your life is by the Spirit of God. And if you're not plugging in the Spirit of God, I don't care how much you pray or how much you give or how much you fast or how much you do anything. It's not going to help you because the Spirit blessings are not in the natural realm. They're not there. They're just in the Spirit of God. I was up at uh, Aaron's Baseball games this weekend, I love to observe people. I mean, I'm just a people person, praise God. And there was a game where there, there was a catcher there. Who's, we've got a very good catcher. The first 15, 16 games, he was hitting the cover off the ball. He's doing everything. But for the last three games, he just can't buy a hit. I mean, he couldn't get a hit. He couldn't do it. So yesterday they played a game, and everybody's hitting the ball on our team. They're scoring 15, 16 runs every time he gets up. If he even hits a line drive, somebody's standing there right in the way, you know. And he caught the whole game. But after the game, I had a chance I want to talk to him, and I want to tell him that my MVP of that game was basically him. Because when you're not hitting the ball, and everybody else is, and you're not getting base hits, he was still doing 100% behind the plate. He was blocking wild pitches, even when they were up 12 to nothing in the sixth inning. You know, he could have said, let that ball go. I don't care. We're way ahead anyway, and I ain't got to hit all day long, and I'll tell you what, I don't care anything. They had a young pitcher out there, and he was still doing this. You know, come on, you can do it. He could have easily been saying, I don't care about this pitcher. Come on, it's really easy for us when things are going good. I mean, when you, you've gone through a week, you had two homers, two triples, and a double. You're the happiest person in the whole. Woohoo, look at me. Praise God. God is so good. God is so good. What happens when you strike out the whole week? Come on, and this is the difference right here. Do you understand? This is what zaps you and takes you out of the anointing of God because when bad things come, you get off the anointing of God. And I'll tell you what, it's no man's land. You want to talk about a wilderness? You get off that, it ain't going to work. But I want to commend him for what he did that game, for how he kept going that game, for what he was doing that game. And then as I watch these kids and everything, a lot of times they're influenced by what the coach tells them to do. In other words, if he tells them to do something that they don't want to do, there's an instant zap in the baseball realm. I mean, they'll do it. Play second base. I want to play third. Play second. 
Why is that? Because basically they're getting zapped and they haven't learned to submit to authority above them. Even if that authority isn't right in your eyes, it is still the authority that's above you. And if you want to move up in the things of God, you're going to have to be faithful where ye at, even if you don't liketh where ye at, and you're going to have to submit to authority. If you want to be a leader sometime, you'll never get there. You'll never become the leader you want if you can't even submit to the authority now. It's under you, whether it's your job or any place else. Do we have dumb bosses? The dumbest. (laughs) When I was at the post office, we had complete idiots who were supervisors. They would give you a short route. I was in the 52 zone. They give me a short route in the 83 zone. They didn't understand it. It was going to take me a half hour to drive to the short route, then do it, then drive all the way back. Why? They never carried a bit of mail in their life. But when they told me and came to me, what did I do? I said, you're the boss, and I'll go ahead and do it. And instead of an hour over time, it's going to cost you two. (laughs) Was it stupid? Yes. But I had to learn to submit to, come on, my authority. Why? Because I am growing up in character. I am learning in character. And even when you obey, there's two ways you can obey. You can obey, yes, sir, and you can obey. I'll do it, bless God, but I'll tell you how I'm going to do it. You ain't going to like the way I do it, so you never make me do this again. I'll tell you, I'll teach you a good lesson on this one. You never give me this job before, bless God, because I'm going to tell you. What are you doing? You're getting sapped. So life isn't just going to church, it's doing this. Life is an everyday thing with this anointing of God. This is a 24-7 thing. You've got to start to understand when you're zapped and when you're not zapped. I'll tell you what, your health depends on it. Your financial realm depends on it. And I'm not telling you to do this stuff to get finances and stay healthy. I'm telling you to do this because that's who you were created to be to begin with. You were created to walk in the things of God and the presence of God and the peace and joy of God. You were not created to be out here in no man's going crazy land. So what am I going to do? I'm going to submit to rulership and leadership. And what happens? Sooner or later, I'm going to move up. And then I'm going to move up. And we always think it's better. Well, if I just get a new boss, it'll be better. We got some new bosses that were worse than the ones we had. I said, Lord, I prayed those out. You brought in worse. What's going on here? So what I do? I had to pray them out too. So you got people in there, praise God. I'll tell you, it works. Try it sometime. But what was it? It was all a character building and the ability to stay in the anointing of God because God knew someday I was going to be pastoring a church of people, of 75 people with 95 problems. Some got more than one. You see, and, what, and, and I had to learn back then, right. you understand, in order to get to the place where I am now. And I got to learn not, not, to, not to deal with my peace and joy. I mean, you want to freak out, I'll counsel you, I'll do whatever, but I'm not going to go there. Right. See, I'm not going to go there with you. If your spouse is freaking out, don't go there with them, for God's sakes. One freaking out's enough in your household at a time. Stand your ground. Stay where you're at. Encourage them. Pray for them. But stay positive in the situation. You cannot join it. Or I'll tell you what, your whole house will be in a mess. There'll be no anointing in the house whatsoever because your whole household will be totally zapped. So I made up my mind years ago that I'm just going to walk in love and peace and joy no matter what happens in my life, no matter what problem comes, whatever. Why? Because the anointing of God is more important to me then somebody who doesn't like me, somebody who said something nasty about me, somebody who doesn't care for me, somebody who doesn't like my preaching, somebody who said they love me, then they didn't. Somebody, all that stuff cannot overshadow the anointing of God because I've got to live in the spirit of God in order to live in the kingdom of God, be connected to God to do what God has told me to do because I need that anointing on my life, in my life, and to bring the blessings of God into my life as long as I walk in the spirit of God. So I'm going to walk in right standing. I'm going to walk in peace. 
and I'm going to walk in joy, and I'm going to stay in the anointing of God that's on my life, and it puts me in a position to succeed in every single area of my life. So there's people that I ran around with a long time ago who were on fire, who were in ministry, they were part of the ministry, everything, don't go to church anymore, don't even show up anymore. What happened? They got zapped. And they've been zapped now for five, ten years, and everything's gone spiraled back and everybody wants to blame God. No, it's only in the anointing where God can reach you and help you anyway. That's the only place he can get to you many times. So what do I want to do? I want to learn to walk in the anointing of God. So I want to come out no matter whether I go to the desert or not. I want to come out full of the power of the Holy Ghost. I want to be there, the power of the Holy Ghost. I want to operate in the power of the Holy Ghost. I want to live in the power of the Holy Ghost. Because I'll tell you what, you'll run into somebody on the street who needs your help, but you've been so zapped that day, you can't do nothing. Would you pray for me? I can't even think of a prayer. <laughs> Jesus. Why? You've been zapped all day long. You've been worried about this, fretting about that. You've been totally drained, and then somebody needs that. But notice, the kingdom of God is not a place. It's not an atmosphere. It's you. Yes. You carry the kingdom of God. When Jesus showed up and said, the kingdom of God is here, you know why? It was in him. Yes. He brought the kingdom of God with him. The kingdom of God is with you. Wherever you go today, you take in the kingdom with you. Yes. The healing that person needs the counsel that people need, the joy that people need. It's not just in a meeting where God's flowing, we're laying hands, people are laughing, getting all excited. Of course, that's a manifestation of the atmosphere of the kingdom of God, but you are the kingdom of God. And if there's going to be any change in around you done, it's going to be through you because you're the one with the anointing, you're the one with the power, but you've got to stay connected to that power in order for that power to work in your life. You cannot continue to disconnect. The worst Christian life there is is to get on fire, burn out. Get on fire, burn out. Get on fire, burn out. Oh, fire. And you'll hear him say, oh, this Christian life is hard. It is, if you're going to live that way. You're absolutely right. It is a bear. You were better off a sinner. Because then you could sin and you didn't care. It didn't even convict you much. You just went out and sinned all over the place and didn't feel bad about it. But when you're born again and you've tasted the anointing, taste and see that the Lord is good. And once you taste it, you don't want... So here, all once, here comes a fence. God, out of my mouth. I tasted and saw that the Lord's good. Praise God. I don't want any of that stuff. Critical. Get out of high life. Freaking out. I mean, if you run a business, if you do anything, just be faithful to the anointing of God that's on your life and you will be blessed in every area of your life. The reason why you're not is because you're freaking out. You're freaking out with everything in your life. It's gone bad. You freak out. Well, then you lose the anointing of God. Well, you don't lose it. It's still there, but you've shut it down, and now God can't get to you in your situation. And there's going to be opportunities for you on a daily basis to be zapped out of the Spirit of God, praise God, simply because of what's going on in the natural realm. They're there. You've got a spouse. You've got kids. You've got all these things. The Bible says when you got born again, you got sealed with the Holy Ghost. Say sealed. Say, I was sealed with the Holy Ghost. All right, now, sometimes I used to pack my lunch when I worked, and I'd make a sandwich, and instead of just throwing it in my little lunch pail there, I'd put it in a baggie. I did that to seal my sandwich. What was I sealing? The freshness in and the staleness out. When there's a break in your sealing, you start to become stale. Yeah, he's teaching. Wednesday night, let's see. Oh, my God, 45 minutes yet he's got to go on this thing. Dear Lord. 44. 43. 42. What are you doing? You're going through the motion. Somebody got in your seal. And he's stale now. He'd be stale in the things of the Spirit. 
So you're coming in there and just biding your time. If I do this hour, I'll look good. Everybody think I'm pressing in on Wednesday nights. Praise God. Hallelujah. And I'll tell you what, you'll never get anything out of the word of God doing that. You got to come hungry. You get hungry, the spirit of God, you will start lighting stuff up on the inside of you. You'll have so much stuff pouring into your head that you'll hope the thing ain't over yet. But it doesn't work that well when you're stale. So you've got to stay sealed. You've got to keep the freshness in on the inside of you. I'll tell you what you need to do sometime. Pick your fights. You've got to pick your fights. You, can't, you cannot save the entire world and every person in it, for God's sakes. You are not the savior of the world. You're a part of the salvation of the world that God wants to use you for. Go to Acts 6. Fill your horn with oil. Amen. Keep it full. Keep that horn full. Oil light comes on. Get back into things of the Spirit. All right. Acts chapter 6, one of my favorite four verses. And in those days when the number of disciples was multiplied, there arose a murmuring of the Grecians against the Hebrews because their widows were neglected in the daily ministration. Then the twelve called the multitude of disciples unto them and said, It is not reason that we should leave the word of God and serve tables. Wherefore, brethren, look ye out among you seven men of honest report, full of the and wisdom, whom we may support over this business. But we will give ourselves continually to and to the ministry of the I noticed that was my favorite scriptures when I first got into ministry. That's what taught me right there. Why? Now, what was going on here? A food fight. Say a food fight. I'll tell you, if you're going to fight over anything in the church, <laughs> it's probably food. Food fight. Your widows are getting more food. They're getting the steak. We're getting the pizza or whatever. There's a big fight going on. So they come to the leaders of the church. Well, the leaders of the church are smart enough not to get in the middle of that. Well, Brother Joe and Brother Gene aren't getting along, and they're really mad at each other. And they're, they are, man, they're offended. You, you need to go help them. No, no thank you. You're trying to kill me? No, 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 no. I'm not going to get in the middle of that thing. You know what I'm going to do? I'm going to tend to the word and prayer. I'll pray for them. I'll give them the word. But as far as I go, praise God, I'm not going to get in the middle of that mess whatsoever. So notice, there are things that come up on an everyday basis. You have to pick your fights. Some fights you have to get in the middle of, but you won't want to get zapped while you're in the middle of those fights. There's people that c call you on the phone <laughs> to talk to you because they need your help. And every time you hang up, you say, what the heck happened to me? What the heck? I only talked to them for 15 minutes. What? what? They just sucked that anointing right out of the inside. <laughs> you left there feeling like this. Oh, what happened? I love them. They're great people in my life. No, they're anointing zappers. They sucked it right out of the inside of you. And most of those you'll find out are ones who want your advice, but never want to do the advice that you're giving them so they'll call you back tomorrow looking for different advice that they want to do in that situation so they do something so they just keep coming back but we're Christians we help everybody we love everybody yes I know you've called 13 days in a row I know I know I don't have an ounce of anointing myself right now but I'm just going to help you because that's what Jesus would do in your dreams Jesus wouldn't do that I'll tell you, you, you read further on here, and after he basically, in that Luke there, said, this, this day, this scripture is fulfilled. You know what the church tried to do? Throw him off a hill. Yeah. This day, this scripture is fulfilled. 
and he passed through the midst of them as they tried to throw him off a cliff. And that was the church at that time. See, he didn't hang around and say, okay, how many of you are going to come? I'll take you all on. No, Jesus knew what to do. He just stayed in the anointing. I'm just going to walk out of here. Peace, joy, Holy Ghost, peace, joy. So he passed through the midst of them. What, were they blind? No, they couldn't touch him. And I'll tell you what, if his anointing was dependent on his disciples, good luck. Pray with me for an hour. They couldn't pray with him for two minutes without sleeping. Come on, one of them was robbing him. You don't think that would? If you had a business and your number one person, one of your number one people in there were stealing money from you, you don't think that might upset you a little bit? Didn't upset Jesus. Jesus knew it by the Spirit of God. He knew what was going on. He kept his peace. He kept his joy. They were fighting all the time. I'm going to be the greatest. No, I'm the greatest. No, I'm the greatest. No, I'm the greatest. And there's Jesus thinking, oh, my God, here we go again. <laughs> you wonder why he went up on a hill to pray. He was hoping they'd get tired and couldn't climb that high. <laughs> wonder why he got in a boat and went to the other side all the time. You're finding out. Because sometimes you're going to need that hill. Come on, you're going to need that boat to get together. Sometimes you just got to get away from people. Yeah. See, don't try to save the world, man. You're going to wear yourself out. And as soon as you get out of that anointing, you ain't no help to anybody anyway, really. You're going to come up with a bunch of natural solutions. You ain't got any power in your life or anything else. So this anointing is something essential. I'm trying to get across to you this morning that you need every day of your life. You need to be filled with fresh oil, but then you need to protect what you've got on the inside of you because they are anointing suckers out there all over the place, praise God. Driving down the street, you'll find them. Go running into people, you'll find them. Go to the grocery store, you'll find them. You're going to find them everywhere. But your job is to hang on to, not get... People are praying all the time, give me the anointing. You've got the anointing. You just ain't protecting it, and people are zapping it out of your life. So what am I going to do when I get in those situations? I'm going to pray, and I'm going to go to the Word. I'm not going to get in the middle. I'm not going to try to counsel for four days and, and 40 nights or anything else. I'm just going to do what God has told me to do. Why? Because the anointing is more important to me than anything else in my life right now. I'm glad I got this revelation, or I would not be in the ministry anymore. I would have been done a long time ago. How many of you know it's hard to please one person? Come on, we're married and we've got to please one person. Now you try to please 75, 70, 80, 90 people? Can't do it. Everything's going to be wrong or this or that. Praise God. It's just the way people are. How many know people are different? But notice the main thing is your anointing. You want to protect your anointing that's on the inside of you. When you start to worry on something, you need to get rid of that. You're agreeing with something that's not lined up with God, and you need to speak to that thing. Take your authority and get it out of your life in Jesus' name. We need to live full of the anointing of God on a daily basis, and that's where the blessings of God come. And they don't come even because you're expecting them. You're too busy looking at the anointing of God. You look at Jesus. Jesus comes out of that thing, and when he comes out of the full of the power of the Spirit. And the first thing he said is, the Spirit of the Lord is upon me and he has anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor, to heal the brokenhearted. What was he saying? The Spirit of the Lord is upon me. Why did he say that? Because he believed it. You go into a church now, a regular religious church, and people say, how you doing? You'll say, anointed. They'll say, you are not anointed. (laughs) Only certain people are anointed. The saints who have died. Well, what good is their anointing going to do you if they did? It doesn't say the dead will lay hands on the sick and they shall recover. See, it doesn't even make sense. Makes sense no way, no how. So notice Jesus was advertising, the Spirit of the Lord is upon me. And not only did he know the Spirit of the Lord was upon him, he knew what it was supposed to do. You got the anointing? Yes. What do you do with it? I don't know, but bless God, I got it. Pastor said I did. No, the Spirit of the Lord is upon you. What for? To preach. 
the gospel to the poor, to heal the brokenhearted, to deliver those in captivity, recovering of sight to the blind, the acceptable ear of the Lord. That's what the anointing of God is on you for. It's there for you. Sometimes you'll have to preach to yourself. You'll just have to go to the mirror and say, hey, you better shape up. I don't know what you're thinking so stupid for, but you better get in the ball game. Look at me. Listen to me when I'm talking to you, praise God. Come on, shake yourself up a little bit. Come on, get yourself together. Come on, it's the truth, ain't it? Sometimes there's going to be nobody there to pull you out of your little little fire and help you. And you're going to have to put on your biggie boy pants. And you're going to pull them out. You're going to have to pull yourself out of that fire, praise God. Because somebody needs what you got, but they can't get it if you've already been zapped. So live in the anointing. It's, it's a way of life. It's just not a topic. It's just not something we're doing. It's the Spirit of God. How do I measure it? Am I in righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Ghost? Or am I in turmoil, critical, wore out, down and out? You've been zapped. Get back in the Holy Ghost. Pray in tongues. Go after God. Do whatever you need to do to build yourself back up in the things of God. Sit under the Word of God. Do whatever you need to do to get back into that place. Sometimes if I listen to a tape and it really hits me, I'll put it aside and I'll put like a big red mark on it. And maybe a year later... I'll be getting into a pattern where I'm starting to get down or something, and I'll look up there and see my red mark tape. And I see that worketh for me a year ago. I'm going to put that tape back on and listen to that thing again on my little cassette player. Yes, I said cassette player. And I'm going to push play. And if the machine don't eat it, I'm going to listen to that tape again. Why? Because it stimulated me one time. It worked for me one time. There's something that spoke to me, so I want to go back to that thing, and I want to replenish, and I want to do it. Hallelujah. Why? Because we've got to live in the anointing of God. There's a place you can live, and I believe, once again, there's a separation being made right now. Right now between those in the body of Christ who want to live by the anointing and live in the kingdom and those who are just showing up just to show up, praise God. Don't be one of the show-uppers. You're going to have a miserable life your whole life. Time to step out of it. Your days of worry will be over forever. Your days of criticalness will be over forever. Your days of being tired and depressed will be over forever, praise God, because you're going to live in that anointing of God where the anointing of God is active. There can be no bondage because the anointing breaks the yoke in your life. So what do I need to do? Concentrate this week on living in the anointing, staying in the spirit of God. I'm not going to get worried. I'm not going to get fearful. I'm not going to get critical. What if this happens? Then this happens. What if that happens? Then that happens. What if I strike out four times in a row? I'm just going to keep catching. Praise God. I'm going to block every ball that's there. I'm going to throw the runners out when I have to. I'm going to encourage every pitcher because I've got character and that's what I do. When things are going good or bad, it doesn't make any difference. I go forward and I'm going to put the word of God in my mouth rather than all my issues and problems. You don't want to magnify them things, man. They're big enough in your life without you prophesying them yet. Praise God. Hallelujah. So put your hands on your belly. Say, I have the most important thing in this world. The anointing of God, the Spirit of God lives on the inside of me. I choose to be full of the power and the Spirit of God in my life. I choose to receive that sealing today so that no contaminations enter my heart from here on out. I choose for me and my house, we are going to serve the Lord. We're going to serve the Lord by the anointing of God on the inside of me. And my future is success. My future is victory. My future is health. My choice is prosperity in every area of my life because I live in the anointing of God.
All right, give the Lord a hand clap this morning. Treasure Coast Victory Center, visit us at mytcbc.com.